from the Kramer Basketball Headquarters in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. You are listening to the Coach's Edge podcast, powered by CoachesEdge.coach. Here is your host, Steve Kramer. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Coach's Edge podcast, dedicated to teaching, sharing, learning the game. I hope you guys have enjoyed the three episodes per week for the month of October. It's a it's a podcast basketballish type month, right? It's the unofficial starts basketball season. So I hope that uh, you've enjoyed the extra content. I don't think I'm going to be able to keep that amount of production up throughout the course of the year. But I said, hey, if you're ever going to hit the gas on the podcast, why don't you do it in October? Because everybody's preparing for the season. Now, on this topic of talking about well, first off, first things first, we have a coach's clinic up, a thumb area coach's clinic. If you are in the state of Michigan or the surrounding area, it is on November 13th. It's a mini clinic. It's 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. First time ever running this. It's called the Coach's Edge Thumb Area Coach's Clinic. And we have some awesome speakers, Jay Green, Kingston Girls Basketball. They've had a ton of success, semifinal appearance not that long ago. Joe Jacobs, the D2 AP Coach of the Year last season with Frankenmuth Girls Basketball. Coach Archer of SC4, St. Clair Community College, is going to speak for an hour. He's our main speaker. Uh, Misty Kramer, who does a lot of team building exercises with different businesses from you know schools, real estate, church groups. Uh, and then I'm going to be speaking as well. We may have one other Hall of Fame special guest. I'm just going to put that out there. Okay, so if you are in that area, you want to come to our first ever Thumb Area Coaches Clinic, you can go to KramerBasketball.com slash events to register. Now, this specific topic, shooting more efficient threes. Who doesn't want to shoot more efficient threes? Who doesn't want to make more threes? Now, in order to do that, there's some very specific things that we need to make sure we're doing. And I'm going to use uh, some NBA stats here, although this is obviously not an NBA. This podcast is focused on high school basketball coaches. With that said, I think there's some takeaways and some things that we can learn. Did you know in the 21-22 season that NBA teams took an average of 35.2 threes per game? 35.2 threes per game. May seem like quite a bit. And in fact, it is. 20 years ago, how many threes do you think were shot in an average NBA game? Any guesses? 20 years ago. This is the 2001-2002 season. For those that would be curious as far as date range, this would be back. This would be the last three-peat season of the Shaq and Kobe Lakers. That's how long ago this was. During that season, the average team shot 14.7 threes a game. So it has more than doubled in 20 years, well over more than doubled. Now, this is very, very interesting because more threes being shot. What do you think the average three-point percentage was this past season? 35.4%. If you guessed 35.4%, congratulations, you're correct. So we're assuming we're shooting more threes. Heck, we must be getting better as far as the percentage of shots that we're making. 
So let's look back and see. And if you're watching on YouTube, I'm using basketball reference for this. I mean, that's one of the best basketball sites, period, if you're looking for general basketball information. Um, and so you can see on my screen. Go 20 years ago. What was the average three-point percentage? It's exactly the same. It's exactly the same, 35.4%. Now, with more threes being shot, as you can guess, the effective field goal percentage is higher. 20 years ago, it was 47.7%. And this past season, uh, the 21-22 season, the effective field goal percentage was 53.2%. So it's a big difference. Right, especially when you're when you're going below and above the 50% range. But if you watch NBA basketball, you're thinking, how does this translate to myself as a high school basketball coach? If you're listening, we'll get to that. Okay. But if you watch any sort of NBA, there's times where I'm pulling my hair out because somebody will take a quick transition three. And I'm saying that's a bad shot. Like that had a one in 10 chance of going in, maybe a 15% chance of going in because it was such a difficult shot, but players are pulling them anyway. Personally, I would love it if, you know, instead of shooting 35 threes a game, average, I mean, maybe they pulled it down to 30 because there's five shots a game, possibly out of those 35 threes that you say, man, that had no chance of going in. It's just a bad shot. So how does that relay to us as high school coaches? We all want to shoot a higher efficiency from three and it starts with making sure that we're taking the right kinds of shots. Now we have a basketball clinic this weekend with some players and oftentimes we can do handouts at our basketball camps. And one of the handouts I was going through was about inside out situations where the ball goes inside and then it comes back out. And so it's one thing to teach your kids how to shoot it's one thing to teach them how to become a better three-point shooter. And I think there's a lot of great coaches out there that do teach those details very well, the how. But if we're not teaching the when, the why, the situ situational acts of shooting the basketball or anything else in the game, we're not doing our due diligence as a basketball coach. And the results may not show the hard work that we've put in. Because your kids have been working hard in the gym. They've been working on their three-point shot. But if they don't understand the types of shots that lead to high percentage makes, we're still not going to shoot a higher field goal percentage. And in this case, a higher three-point percentage. So here's five things that I want to throw at you as far as being able to get the three-point shots that you want. And then to be able to share them with your players and they can understand, okay, these are more green light situations as far as when I would want to take a shot compared to a dribble up contested transition three. Uh, a one pass defense that Hillary hasn't had to contract. It hasn't had to rotate much. And then we shoot the three anyway. So number one, this, is, this isn't even number one. This is overarching. Are we shooting inside out threes? specifically off of early paint touches. Can you get the basketball in the paint early in transition and then get that basketball back out? A lot of times the defense hasn't fully got locked into their half-court defense yet. So if we can push it in early and then get inside out, it's the best of both worlds. 
one, they're not set because of the transition piece, the conversion piece, and then two, it's inside out. So those are some things that we want to have. Because if we can catch the basketball and more of that step in type three, those are great shots for us to be able to have anything where we're stepping in, we're more or less stationary going up into that shot is high percentage. And then when you're shooting around in practice, how do you shoot your highest percentage of shots? Where's the ball coming from? Is it coming from the right? Is it coming from the left? Or is it coming more so from inside out? Usually you're going to shoot better going inside out because you're locked in on the rim. You're already aligned to the rim as you're catching the ball. So we want to create those types of passes during games going to our teammates. Another thing to keep in mind is if you want to shoot more threes with your team, it doesn't mean you take them just to take them. Don't take them just to take them because if you're not being specific with the types of shots that you're hunting down, you're not going to get the fruits of your labor, right? So what are the types of three-point shots that you want to take? We need to make sure that we are recognizing those things as a program, as a whole, and then we're digging into them. So here's five. Post kickouts. You know, a lot of teams getting away from the post game. I love whether it's, if even if you're running five out, but you got a screening action, uh, a post flash, and then they continue to cut through. Well, if you can hit that post player, everybody can shoot from closer to the basket, right? And so that draws attention. That draws attention from off-ball defenders as well. So be able to get the basketball inside and then be able to get it back out. That's an inside-outside pass. That's generally creating more space with the off-ball defenders closing out to the perimeter when the pass gets kicked out. That's a good option for a catch-and-shoot three. Another one, skip pass. A skip pass, I think, is easier to knock down a shot, and I'm getting very much into my own like basketball philosophy here. I think it's easier to shoot a catch-and-shoot three on a skip pass than it is one pass away. And this has nothing to do with the fact that generally your defensive player has more ground to cover. I'm just talking about the mechanics of it. Like if I'm on the right wing and the pass is coming to me from the top of the key, the ball is essentially coming from back behind my body. And now I have to be able to get that basketball in front and then out to the hoop. But if it's a wing to wing skip pass, for example, that ball is coming across the court. It's not coming from behind me, which means it's easier for me to be able to catch, lace them up and get up into my shots. It's hard, in my opinion, it's, it's hard to shoot the ball when the hoop's in front of you and the pass is coming behind you. So that's that top to wing. Now, let me also get a little more specific. I think it's a little bit easier to shoot off the skip pass. It's easier to shoot a wing to corner three than it is a top to wing three. And here's why. If I'm in a corner spot enough for a three and somebody's passing it to me from the wing, if I were to go any more for forward on the court, I'd be out of bounds, right? And so I don't have to turn and square all the way to shoot the basketball because the basketball is along the baseline where I'm already standing. So even though the ball is coming from essentially behind me, my body is not preparing in the same position to shoot that wing to corner catch and shoot as it would be if the pass is coming actually from behind me in that top of the key area to where I'm down on the wing. 
there's more rotation that has to occur with my body catching the ball behind me and then getting up forward into my shot compared to that ball coming from the wing down to the corner. Those are the little types of things as far as being able to hunt down certain types of shots and situational shots that I think we want to think about. And one of the reasons why I think the skip pass is a great option. Number three, driving kicks. This is obvious, right? Drive, kick, drive, kick, swing, really gets the defense rotating. That one more pass we've talked about on previous podcasts. But anytime where we can get the basketball to the nail, into the paint, draw the defense, contract the defense, and then get the basketball out is obviously huge, right? Number four, offensive rebound kickouts. Couple great benefits here. Offensive rebound, defense is scattered. Defense is scattered. Usually they're not matched up. They just thought they were going to get going back down on offense. In fact, you got the offensive rebound. And so anytime the defense is scattered, it's a great opportunity for that kick out into a catch and shoot three. Secondly, where is the basketball coming from? Basketball, is, it's an inside out pass. So that's going to lead to a higher percentage shot generally than another type of catch and shoot. You're already lined up. And then uh, I was listening to a Vance Wahlberg uh, clinic, and he was talking about you know, when you get that offensive rebound, depending on your body positioning, should help determine whether you're going to kick out or whether you're going to go back up and score. So if you get that rebound, you're more or less facing the basket or square to the backboard. That's a great opportunity to just power up and go back to the basket. But there's a lot of offensive rebounds that occur where you're chasing that ball down and your back might be to the basket. Maybe you're off balance. You were kind of lunging for that offensive rebound. And so you're not in a quick put-back type position. But you are generally facing the perimeter. Your back could be to the hoop on that offensive rebound. Easy opportunity to kick out, to pivot, to kick out, still an inside-out pass that can lead to a high-percentage shot. So maybe that's a piece that you want to talk to your players more about is, hey, when you get an offensive rebound – if your back's to the rim, look for that kickout. If you get the offensive rebound, you're more so facing the rim or, or parallel to the glass, let's go back up and finish that baby. And then basic ball reversals I have as number five. The defense is still moving. Preferably this ball reversal is off of something that prior was an inside out. That could be a driving kick. That could be a post kickout. That could be an offensive rebound. It could even be a skip pass. Those are the four main ones that I just spoke about. And you get into that one more. Defense had to contract because the ball went inside. Defense has to expand because the basketball is getting out. And now if we get the basketball out and then we reverse the basketball quickly, now we're in starting to get in rotation. And the true reversal is what? Changing sides of the court. So if it's inside out, if it's one more pass, and we're shifting sides of the court, strong side, do a weak side, those can produce really high-level shots. This also means we have to have the discipline with our players that we're not going to possibly take that initial three at times in a half-court set when we're working on the first side. But if we can get back to the second side or even to the third side, now those are more uh, green light shooting opportunities because of the movement that's taken place prior in that possession, okay? Now, we need to make sure we're practicing those situations if we want our kids to get it. It's one thing to teach it. It's another to emphasize it. We emphasize that in practice. You need to praise it in practice. 
Phrase it to the point that it's not result driven. So if it, if you get an inside out open three, kid misses the shot, we still want to celebrate. We want to celebrate the shot. We want to celebrate the pass, right? That action, the trigger, what occurred to get us that good look, even if the ball didn't go in. We want to encourage our players, if those are the shots that we want to take, to shoot that baby more often. Let it go, man. Let it go, right? This needs to be shown in the drills that we use in our practice. And I, I pull my hair out, okay, and I'm getting lightheaded because I'm, I'm in my late 30s now, so I don't, I don't like this. But when we do drills in practice that don't translate to how we play in a game, that's a waste of time. That's a waste of time right? So what are the shots that you're trying to get in a game? Put those into drill form, make it competitive, make it fun. You can get creative, right? You don't have to do the exact same shooting drill every single day, but it can still reflect the types of actions and shots that we want to hunt down. And then we can get those going. Okay. Inside out. Last thing I want to mention on some of these inside out or these these dribble drives how balanced are we on the drive how balanced are we on the drive there's times where kids are driving they think they're going to score they're going fast oh i don't have a shot right now so they kick it out but they kick it out very off balance and it is a pass that a kid has to lunge to catch they have to jump they're catching it down at their knees they're catching it two three feet to one side or the other they're reaching when in reality, if that was a good pass, they just being able to lace them up, boom, light it. Let's get back down on defense, get another stop. That was fun, right? And so for us to work on balanced drives, balanced drives equal better threes. Everybody talks about driving, the emphasis on two-foot finishes. I love it. But that can also improve the passing on the court because those kids are driving with, yes, I got an attitude to score. I'm an aggressive driver by nature, but I'm creating for others at the same time, and I'm doing it with enough balance that I can get into a stride stop or a jump stop or an inside-outside pivot, and I can hit somebody. And now, because I was on balance, that passes on much more uh, a higher-level location, and now they can lace them up and get that shot up and out. It's a passing is like shooting, right? If you shoot it off balance, you're probably going to miss the shot. If you pass it off balance, you're probably going to miss the target, the location, the teammates' hands, wherever they like the basketball, right? So we want to emphasize those things as well, okay? So if you can get the basketball inside out with early paint touches, defensive scrambling, great opportunity to get some three-point shots up. We want post kicks, ball reversals, preferably off of, you know, some inside outside action would be great. Skip passes, driving kicks, offense rebound kicks. Those are five great options to light that three point shot up. Okay. Make it rain. Now with all of those things in mind, I want to let you guys know that I've really enjoyed doing this podcast. I appreciate you guys listening. We are in let's see, two and a half, almost two and a half years of the Coach's Edge podcast. It's been slow grow and it's been worth it. I mean, it's been absolutely worth it um, to get to build relationships with people because they listen to this podcast. They join our Coach's Edge membership. 
That's been awesome. Secondly, because of that, we are heading into season three with CoachesEdge.coach, meaning we're celebrating our two-year anniversary of CoachesEdge.coach. I had a dream. I had a, a vision for what I wanted to do for basketball coaches around the country based on the coaches that I was working with firsthand in person running my camps. And if you've been listening for a while, you know that we had this online training program for players and we had a bunch of coaches buy it instead because they wanted all the drills. And I was like, okay, I'm not, I'm not um, that stupid. I can figure out who wants some of our resources and they're not always the players and the parents, they're the high school basketball coaches. And so that started to build coachesedge.coach. We built the membership site. We built the resources. We have uh, college and high school coaches who contribute hundreds of drills, PDFs, the, the monthly Zoom calls. We've developed a community. At this point, we have, you know, we might even have more by the time this episode comes out. We got over 50 coaches around the country that are part of coachesedge.coach from the East Coast to the West Coast. And the podcast complements that. Coachesedge.coach complements the podcast. They grow essentially together. We get new listeners to the podcast through Coach's Edge. We get new people to check out coachesedge.coach and join coachesedge.coach because they enjoy the podcast. We have Zoom calls, speakers. We have different presenters on certain topics. Like uh, I think the week of this, we've had presentations on 3-2 zone defense with Mark Smith, Zepps Hoop, Sarasville, Ohio. Shout out. Practice planning, Coach Troshak, Charlevoix basketball in Michigan. I'm going to do one next week on in-season player development. If you guys want access to any of these Zoom calls, anybody can join for the month of October. You don't have to be one of our Coaches Coach members as well. But the reason that I think you know we continue to grow with our membership site is because, one, we have great people and contributors to the site, but also I have a really strong confidence that I don't have to be the smartest person in the room to help somebody else out. I could be the worst coach out of our 50 plus coaches edge dot coach members. I could be the worst of them all, but I still know that there's a way I could help each and every member get better at something. That's my mindset. How can I serve and help our coaches edge dot coach members get better, solve a need, help them solve a problem, get an outside perspective, another point of view, share some of my own experiences as a, head coach as an assistant coach, as a player development coach, as a clinician, as somebody who also gets a chance to rub shoulders and talk to a, a ton of coaches that just by the nature of my job, most people don't get the chance to do. They don't get the chance to talk to, you know, numerous coaches from different parts of the country on a daily basis. I get to do those things, right? And so you learn a lot when you, if, if you look around, you learn a lot, right? And then I can share that with other people or connect other people. And so if any of that interests you, with joining our membership. Now's the best time to join because we are digging into the season very, very soon. And I'd love to get as many new members in as we can before the season. You know, we're kind of on the runway right now, you know, and even before you get on the runway, we're kind of, you know, you're at the, you're at the airport, right? And I say this cause I'm flying out for, uh, I'll be gone for 10 days, run some clinics and, and whatnot up in Michigan, but you got to get everybody on the seats. All right. You got to um, get all the bags packed boarding passes, the luggage, all those different things. And then once we're good to go, all right, 
it's time to time to get out on the runway and take off. And that's kind of how I view this point in the season is we're getting some, some new passengers, some new pilots, some, some people who are going to help, um, you know, get on this flight for where we're about to go throughout the course of uh, basketball season, which is amazing. And uh, once we do that, I mean, we're, we're off and running, we're up in the air, we're flying and trying to see how we can help as many coaches as possible from throughout the country over the next uh, basketball season in these coming months. So if you have questions about that, let me know, contact at cramerbasketball.com. Certainly hope this episode was beneficial for you as far as how you can hunt down more efficient three-point shots with the main emphasis to me, honestly, just being inside out, catch and shoot, step in or stationary threes as much as possible while combining the shot selection aspect of it. Are these good shots for us based on our personnel, time score situation, the roster that we have? And this is reflected in how we practice each and every day, right? So thank you for listening. Appreciate you guys. As always, get after today.